This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, welcoming you to Week in Review for March 25th, 2011. In the news this week, users of RSA's SecureID two-factor authentication products acting on advice from the company, are devising strategies to monitor for threats and take preventive steps in the aftermath of a hacker attack against the products. RSA sent information to its clients providing suggestions for protective action and answers to frequently asked questions about the attack. It also hosted customer information calls this week. UAB Medicine is stepping up its vigilance in reviewing RSA Authentication Manager logs to look for warning signs, such as a high number of failed attempts to authenticate, says Terrell Herzig, UAB's Information Security Officer. We are increasing our monitoring quite a bit and stepping up our education of users, Herzig says. The Academic Medical Center has about 2,000 SecureID token users who utilize the authentication technology when they remotely access clinical information systems. In recent weeks, UAB had been making the transition from hardware-based to software-based tokens. Meanwhile, Tenable Network Security, which uses SecureID tokens for staff members who work remotely, is using the hacking attack as a teachable moment to remind people of the importance of social engineering and to be ready to avoid that kind of thing, says Marcus Ranum, CSO. The impact of the breach on Tenable has been negligible, he says. We may have to upgrade some software, he notes. And Gibbs Cerebo, chief cybersecurity technologist at the consulting firm SAIC, stresses no one should be ripping out their secure ID deployments as a result of the attack. Also in the news this week, the federal list of major health information breaches that have occurred since September 2009 now includes 249 incidents affecting nearly 8.3 million individuals. But the total number affected could surpass 10 million once details about the recent HealthNet breach are added. At least three state government agencies are investigating the HealthNet breach which affected an estimated 1.9 million individuals. It involved nine server drives missing from a California data center managed by IBM. The Department of Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights, which adds breach incidents to its official tally once details are confirmed, has not yet placed the HealthNet incident on its list. OCR added only nine incidents to the official tally in the past month, but among those was a health information breach at New York City Health and Hospitals Corp., that affected 1.7 million individuals. That incident involved the theft of backup tapes from an unlocked, unattended truck. I'll be back after a short break with the rest of our weekly review. Are you responsible for your institution's regulatory compliance program? Do electronic medical records, patient privacy, or data breaches keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the HealthCareInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit HealthCareInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Welcome back. In this week's featured interview, fraud expert Jeremy Miller says healthcare organizations should provide their staffs with training on how to guard against identity theft regardless of whether they must comply with the federal red flags rule. 
Here's a clip from that interview. Kroll over the years has worked with thousands of identity theft victims, and if there's there's one thing that we've we've learned and we understand is that if organizations across multiple industries and services do a better job of stopping identity theft at the point of purchase or at the point of transaction or or verification, uh, the more effective we'll all be at stopping identity theft as a whole. But the specific steps that are outlined in the red flag rule legislation are are, are best practices, regardless of whether you're legally required to comply. Things like implementing ongoing training and conducting risk assessments, those are all meaningful things that any organization can do to put into practice. Be sure to check out healthcareinfosecurity.com for all the latest news, interviews, blogs, and more. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.